Let's read source code with Pac Millie. I'll do it in different voices and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if if X is greater than ten, then go to twenty six. <laughs> that character is Guy, who's a big fan of Carrie Fisher, yet has no idea who she is. <laughs> I think I think he's going to be a running character in our. In Hopefully, this. he's got more personality than both of us put together. <laughs> Okay, it's uh, Jim and Pac Billy. Oh! Sorry. <laughs> Start again. No, no, no. That's it. That's all we're getting. That That is the introduction to the podcast. Oh, you can't leave that in. I that was, just was amazing. To, I was just trying to annoy you. I didn't mean to disgust our listeners at the same time. I think our listeners are going to be... The, we're going to have more listeners on the strength of that... <laughs> I mean, that was that registered on the Richter scale. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you drink two beverages at the same time. They they react like matter and antimatter. See, one of these drinks is made of antimatter, and so, yeah. Oh. That's your, that's your clue. Kind of like... Um, it's not, though, because then my face would have exploded. Vinegar and baking soda volcanoes for your science project. Yeah, that, that would have been a better example, because if I'd actually drank some antimatter... Well, it would have to be in a magnetic bottle to begin with. Um, and then the moment it contacted the air, it would have exploded with the force of, like, a big explosion. But because See, it's, it, is, but because you know, it's not Trek, actually matter, then we'd all be fine, wouldn't we? What do you I mean, mean, you'd all be fine. What are you talking about? If, if matter if, contacts if the antimatter, antimatter exploded, then it's just... Nobody cares because it's not matter. It's just something that nobody cares about exploding. I don't get it. Because there's no matter in the explosion, so oh, we're it just watching. Matter. You're saying it doesn't uh, matter because no, it's anti-matter. I'm, not, I'm actually not saying that. I'm, I'm, that's a good joke, and you, <laughs> I'll credit you with that for, for the well, folks at I home. Because I said it. Jim gets 15 for that one. We're, we're doing tennis scoring for this. 15 what? 15... Fifteen tennis. Fifteen. What are they? What are the tennis units? What are they measuring? Why is it? Why? Points. Why? What? Yeah, but tennis scoring is weird. Like, I know. It's fifteen, then thirty, then, then 40. forty, then forty, and then you why know isn't it maybe 45? maybe there's deuce, maybe there's advantage. Advantage um, player one. Speaking of, should we? <laughs> should we? Let's do this. We'll do this. The winner of last week's contest is... Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me get back to antimatter, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not matter, right? So It's it, the opposite of matter. But we, Right, but we're made out of... It, so if that explodes, we don't care because it's not tangible matter. But it's not just the antimatter that explodes, it's the matter as well, an equal amount of uh, matter. Oh, well, you didn't tell me that was going to explode. Well, that's why it explodes. If you just have some antimatter sitting somewhere, it just does its antimatter thing. But if you put it on some matter, they're like, Well, then why isn't it out in space exploding right now? Because there isn't any antimatter. Of course not, or it would be matter. Well, no, or it would have exploded when it hit. You see, at the Big Bang, there was an almost exactly the same amount of matter and antimatter created, but there was a slight imbalance. There was slightly bit more matter than antimatter. Right, I'm and thinking of why... dark matter. Sorry. Oh, I'm thinking of dark matter. Do I have to teach matter. you physics again? No, I just... Yeah. I get these, you know, these voices that tell me to... that teach me physics. Yeah, dark matter is... Uh, Matter that doesn't interact with normal matter, and so it's, like, invisible. They teach me all the wrong physics. Like crayon physics. That's a, that's a game. Well, explain. You, you draw things with a crayon, and then they have, like, physical physics stuff going on. But I haven't played it, so... I mean, if that was... If you just read me the rule book, <laughs> that was the rules to that game. Yeah. They're making a killing off of not very much effort. You really like making games that aren't games, don't you? <laughs> I do. 
why don't we make this game called Keep Having a Mustache, and then you can just like be on the screen. And no, no, like, no, no, no. But, but see, the idea was never to never to have that to be an actual game. It was, it it was all. Yeah, now you I- tell me. <laughs> I went ahead and made it, and it wasn't even supposed to be a game. Now I have to throw it away. Did you make it? Did you make no. something? No. But your game, the game idea that you have is a good idea, but it doesn't necessarily have to have that as a name. You what know? is my game idea again? All right. Well, it's a platformer, and there's a guy who's got a mustache, and his mustache has different powers and stuff like that. Well, I thought you hated the powers idea. I hated it for that title. I didn't want right. it to be called Keep Having a Mustache because I, but if you have a game with a guy who's got a mustache, just call it something else and I can still make my commercial. Right. Okay. Well, what should we call Let's have a contest. Like, send in your entries for what should be the title of the game with a guy who has uh, mustache powers. And also, how should we spell it? Should we spell it the, the American way, mustache, or the English moustache with an O? <clears throat> when you say... When you see someone who has one and you you hit the person next to you and you point to that person and say, look, there's somebody with a, what do you say? Beard. No, because he doesn't have a beard. Well, how do you know? Because I'm, I'm the person, I'm that person next to you and I'm looking right at him. Well. Do you say mustache or mustache? You say mustache. Mustache. I don't know now. I'm having an identity crisis. It's like it's like when you started second guessing yourself about inventory and inventory. Also, uh, detail and debris. Is debris? Is is it debris or debris? I don't know. We've always said debris over here. But yeah. I have well, that's no the thing. Idea. I heard the word debris first on Star Trek. Right, and that's the American way to say it. But we over here in England we say debris, right? And and uh-huh. and also they say detail, not detail. You know. Yeah, I think d- detail's better. Mm. I think detail is debris. Uh, I could, I could live with that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go around saying it unless I was in the midst of it, and I had to get it away from me and I was calling for help in England and there were no Americans around <laughs> you'd be like help I'm trapped in a cloud of debris and they'd be like what are you talking about <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> you'll have to no, you'll, look, you'll it's have a, to you'll have to somehow a, transport all of that stuff around you to another country and then ask for help because it's all made of aluminum <laughs> See, I think we could go Aluminum back to... Aluminum faucets. What? What's what's the faucet thing? Tap. Ah, we, say we, we say tap too. We say tap. Yeah, but you don't say faucet. But we never say faucet. Yeah. Unless it's like, force it down your throat, you fucking slut. I mean... Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, we named we named them after the inventor of them, Fair Faucet. The inventory. The inventory. Yeah. Um, is, is is inventory anything to do with the word I- I- inventor I or inventor? I'm sure they have. Uh, I'm sure they have the same Latin or Greek root. Yeah. I am inventor. <laughs> the Latin root of inventor. <laughs> like, a, like a team of supervillains, the Latin roots. Yeah. You know, like um. I am essence man, essential. I don't know. It's terrible. And suddenly Um, I'm blanking on all my etymological knowledge. I'd like to talk about words without their prefixes. Um, Oh, okay. Here's here's one for you. Then people can write in if they know the answer to this. The word utmost, okay? Mm-hmm. Is most the suffix of ut, or is ut the prefix of most? Well, ut has to be a prefix because there's no such word as ut on its own. Like, there's no yeah, but there's no un. such prefix as ut. You can't apply <clears throat> ut 
to anything else. Well, it's not a prefix. It's just, for, it's just it's just a word. Except for you want to play Unreal Tournament and you just want to say it real fast. Like <laughs> I don't have a lot of time, but do you want to play? I'm gonna play arts. Yeah. Ut. Well, uh, Ut is the stupidest prefix and or word that most is attached to. Well, the thing is, like. See, because look, here, here's I've got a precedent though. Foremost, frontmost, these are all things that have most attached to them hmm. as a suffix. Utmost, but it's two words that Ut. have just been squished together, like like cannot. At least. Why is cannot one word? It's two words. I cannot. It is, but as as time this goes, this podcast is going to be about grammar. It yeah. really is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so this, I want I want to raise the um, uh, the question. If the you put if you put somebody's head back on, is that capitating them? Like the opposite of decapitate. Oh no, I know. But the other one, yeah. the other one for that is you defecate, but you don't <laughs> deurinate. Right. You should call it fecation. You, <laughs> you should just call it fecation. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going that, on I, I, vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Me and the wife are going on vacation over here. Well, I would be I would be very gruntled if you did. <laughs> nice. Oh, you said cannot. Yeah. It wasn't run together enough, so we just started saying can't. Yeah, well, the, yeah. I don't have time well, to I don't have I've got to go play out. I can't say cannot. I just <laughs> Yeah, it, it it does. Yeah, I I'd like to fuscate this um, this 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 issue. It's like without the ob, of of fuscate. Oh, fuscate, fuscate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like in in <clears throat> in the eighteenth century, fuscate. Fus. Yeah, no. Oh. This no. is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That's pretty bad. Yeah. But you're assuming am, that Ob is, is is this this whole this whole conversation has prefix. left me completely plussed. <laughs> you know, people are starting to use nonplussed to really? mean unfazed, which is oh. the exact opposite of what it. Oh, the, you know the one I hate more than anything is I could care less. Yeah, you know what I mean. That mm-hmm. really pisses me off because, like, I could care less. That means I care some amount, and so there is a theoretical ability for me to care less about this thing. It's like, no, it's you can't care less because I am in such a state of not caring that it is impossible for me to reduce my amount of caring. I can't care less, you know. Well, it's like uh, we can't it annoys get, me because whoever s- using it that way doesn't think about what the words actually mean. They're just saying a phrase, unless they're saying it. In an ironic, to, in a, ironically, so you, you, so do you pute that? Do you pute that? As in dispute? Oh no, I compute. <laughs> I compute that. Yeah. But getting back, getting way back to something that. Oh no no drinking antimatter yeah right yeah. so antimatter why would why would it first of all have to be in a magnetic bottle to keep it away from matter yeah because if you have it in a standard bottle it immediately makes contact with the, the matter of the bottle and then the, everything explodes you know on the starship enterprise they have um they have the because the the matter is uh, the antimatter is ionized so you could imagine it's just like protons which means they'd have a positive charge so as long as you have uh a positive charge on the uh, actually no they'd be anti-protons so they'd be negatively charged but if you had uh, an electric field around them of electrons those electrons would repulse the anti-protons and keep them from making contact and keep them from uh, from you know exploding so how would theoretically how would we go about procuring antimatter well you have to make it you can't get it. You can't like find it somewhere, because um, you know any antimatter that's around would either be like off in intergalactic space where nothing is ever going to touch it and never ever has for some reason, um, or it would have already hit because some it, matter somewhere. It stinks. Nobody wants to touch that. 
Well, that's the thing. There's also negative it. matter, which uh, is a theoretical form of matter, which um, uh, antimatter has an opposite um, electric charge, but negative matter has a sort of opposite gravitational charge, if you like. So in the same way that everything that is affected by gravity attracts everything else that's affected by gravity, things that are negative matter are sort of... They repulse everything, including other negative matter and matter. So if there was any negative matter, it would be like spread out as far as possible, as far away from any matter in the universe, like in intergalactic space. But unfortunately, it's exactly the kind of thing you need to keep a worm, a, a, to open up a black hole and turn it into a wormhole. Um, because as soon as any matter gets near the mouth of a wormhole, it, it automatically causes it to collapse. So if you want to travel through a wormhole like in Elite 2 or something, you need to find some matter that's impossible, basically. Well, good. That's what I want to do. I'm, I'm glad you pointed me in the right direction. I do right. want to do that. I do want to travel through one. And now I know where to, where to conduct my futile search. Yeah. And the thing is, as soon as you approach the stuff, it's going to just fly away from you. No, I'm going to sneak up on it. <laughs> it's not going to notice. Don't mind me. I don't have any mass. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like you could convince anything you don't have any mass. You're going to have to lose some weight. Exactly. Lose some mass. That's the thing. People say losing weight. It, you can lose weight just by, like, holding some helium balloons. What you really need yeah. to do is lose mass. Move to the moon. Yeah. You can be like this huge obese guy and say, like, I'm only like 50 pounds, you know. Carrie Fisher, will you come out with me now? <laughs> oh, look how light I am. I can jump. Carrie <gasps> Fisher, look over here at the moon. Uh. Look, I'm in orbit. <laughs> oh, here's something I, I, I found out recently. A Venusian day is longer than a Venusian year. Is that right? It Its rotation mm. is a little bit longer than its, um, what do you call it, the, when it does its revolution. So if you were born on Venus, you, like, you'd spend all year celebrating your birthday and then... Just get all the decorations down just in time to have to start celebrating your birthday again. Well, you would do that, except for the fact that you'd be burnt to a crisp in half a second. No, no, because you're not, you're not, uh, uh, you're not an American, you're not a human not being an or an Englishman. You're, you're this Venusian <laughs> oh, cause thing. Oh, because those are two different things. You're not a human being or an no, Englishman. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going by, like, um, you know... Uh, species, phylum, that whole thing. Like, you know, you're not an Englishman or even a human being. I should Englishman say, is not a species or even a yeah, subspecies. It is. <laughs> Look it up. Right. Look it up in this book that... Um, Pack believes racist theories of Englishmen. Written, <laughs> written in crayon. Yeah. This, science is the name of the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so, so anyway... My the thing point is, is uh, if if you were no, if you were you, if you were born some, on Venus, yeah, you're you some kind of creature species, that loves it there, like that can totally hang out on. Then Venus. you wouldn't have the same concept of days and years as things. You wouldn't have a birthday. Yes, you would. You'd have like a birth. No, you'd have like a birth minute. Well, minutes there would take forever. Well. Okay, then you divide up the year into... Well, you wouldn't have birthdays, you know? This is just a completely arbitrary thing that we've come up with because there happens to be... No, no, you're, like, you're looking through a telescope and, and you see you see people blowing out candles um, over here. It's a really here, powerful telescope. And you get really jealous, you know? And, <laughs> and you're like, damn it, we have to have those here. Well, so, so you found your own society... And you can't really you, have a birthday cake on Venus because everything's already on fire. It's like seven hundred degrees there. No, it'll be it'll be some new kind of cake that we don't we can't even comprehend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know the thing is, it's actually not the word as it's supposed to be is not Venusian, it's venereal. 
Like the disease. No, well, the thing is, the reason it's called that is because Venus is the goddess of love, and so ah, love yes. is the same thing as genitals, apparently. So right. venereal disease is disease of love, or disease of knobbly bits. But, um... So, yeah, it would actually be venereal cake. Mmm. Which tastes horrible. Yeah. <laughs> There's, um... A venereal year there's lots of is longer than a venereal day there's lots of jokes that I'm just not gonna make <laughs> just send in your jokes about venereal disease venereal cake yeah Vene- it's just the the imagery that's being conjured up that I can't share right now is oh I'm sure is, if you if you googled venereal cake yeah um, you definitely get some you'd uh, regret it yeah. okay but let's just say Venusian for for no. the sake of the other reason the sake we, of should, our stomachs. we should say Venusian is because they've they looked through their telescopes at um, Venice, and they kind of like the 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 vibe. They've well, they've got sound Venetian. telescopes too. I know that's Venetian. I know. That's so that's why they're like, look, I know this other word is proper, but we want to be more like these these people that ride in boats. So we're going to call ourselves Venusians. Yeah, ironically, that's in Italy where, like, Latin was first made up. So they would, surely, if they're following that example... Yeah, and that's why, because they've been around for ages, and, um, you know, it doesn't take it doesn't take the light from here. It only takes about six minutes, or yeah. however many minutes it takes. But um, for them to learn how to read... It takes a lot longer. I don't know where I'm going with it. Well, I'm jumping off a cliff. <laughs> well, a hypothetical cliff. Well, it's like... You know, we know what the Martians would have been like, but, you know, when the, Venu- when the Venusians, the Venereals, slowly draw their plans against us, what are, their, are the Venereal plans, you know? What would the Venereals do that the Martians didn't? You know that if they're gonna if the venereals are gonna catch a disease that wipes them out, it's not gonna be a common cold. <laughs> no, they're just their whole plan is just to have some cake and celebrate somebody's birthday. So when they show up, first of all, they're on fire, you know, and they <laughs> no 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 they'd be really cold. When they get here, it's like yeah, way too cold. Well, they'd be and they they're like. Hey, you've got it really chilly on this planet. Let us warm it up for you. And they set fire to the atmosphere. No, no, like, they could they happy? could hang out at volcanoes and stuff. Yeah. If I was from Venus, that's totally where I'd hang out. Yeah, the venereal volcano. Volcanoes. What? What other? Um, I mean, if if you're just above a volcano, just above the lava, maybe you have some sort of raft. I'm sure they're making rafts. You know, like this whole time they've got they've somehow managed to telescope. I'm sure along the way a raft was I think I think lava is hotter than the surface of Venus. Really? Yeah. Well that's pretty impressive. But how but by what by what order of magnitude? Well I don't know. Let's let's look it up, shall we? We are now looking up the temperature of the surface of Venus. And comparing, oh, it's, it's a bit hotter. It's uh, from 700 to uh, 1200 Celsius. And let me, let me just make sure I'm right about the Venus temperature. 800. Uh, oh no, it's only 462 uh, Celsius. So yeah, lava is hotter than Venus. It's nearly twice. Uh, yeah, as hot it as ranges Venus. from from nearly twice to more than twice as hot. <clears throat> So, they could just hover above it somehow. They could get some sort of a hammock and stretch it out <coughs> to the, you know, to the point that they're... Or just get in our ovens, you know, because that's where we make our cakes. In fact, we don't even need... Like, you could just what, throw what, what the ingredients have for that cake. that hot? Send pods with cake ingredients over there, and they... And you wouldn't even have to make them. They'd just be cakes by the time they hit they hit the what, surface. What oven do you have that goes up to 800 degrees Fahrenheit? 
That's lava. We're talking about. Oh no, 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 no. that's I, Venus. I, I'm converting oh, to you're Fahrenheit converting. for you because you're American. They don't convert in Venus. See, an oven is 200 degrees Celsius. I'm sure they'd be fine at 500. You could get. You could get. Oh them. yeah, because I'm sure you'd be fine if we reduce your temperature by 100 degrees or so. <laughs> There's, you can't, there's you can't even survive. You can't even survive a range of uh, no, because the surface temperature of Venus is mostly caused by the greenhouse effect, not by the, you know, proximity to the sun. So it's pretty much the same all over. And there are volcanoes on Venus. See, so so there is a range. So they're used to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a range at the volcano. But they have seasons, though. Well, I yeah. But like it's only unbearably hot. It's only unimaginably <laughs> Nothing hot. Nothing could today. survive there anyway because there's no liquid water. There was a, I saw this this thing on PBS when I was a kid, and they found some sort of um, moss or fungus or something that could survive the ridiculous temperatures and atmospheres of Venus. So I don't they believe it. S- they sent it up there. I mean, it, it was a fiction thing. It was like the science oh. fiction thing. Well, it's ridiculous because you can't have life without water. Not uh, not life on Earth, anyway. Not life as we know it. Well, you can't anyway, just find a bacteria that doesn't finish, need water. Let me finish my story, No, because it's wrong. So they sent it up there, and, um, like, this scientist came up with it. They sent it up to Venus. It came. It went through the atmosphere, and after a while, it seeded, and the the whole atmosphere of Venus started to change, and it was mm-hmm. no longer hostile. And they sent people up there, and they landed, and they're walking around, and then they see that they've actually destroyed these worms that were intelligent. Like there was this worm <coughs> civilization up there. It was intelligent. They had these little rocks with writings on them and stuff like that. Yeah, but the thing is, all they do is, like, shoot each other with bazookas and, you know, machine guns and kamikaze sheep. The game worms. Oh, the game worms. I, yeah. You know, I was, for some <laughs> reason, for a second, I was thinking, um, is, this, is this in Dune? You know, Dune 2 or whatever? Yeah, because the, the worms in Dune are well known for having bazookas. You see them, like, rise yeah. out of the sand, like, and then there's, like, a bazooka on its shoulder. Because it wasn't enough that it's as big as it's a city. This big, giant worm. See, that's yeah. the thing, though. There are bazookas, and you just don't notice them because <laughs> so you're distracted tiny. by the giant-ass worm. The giant ass worm. That sounds terrible. Don't put your hands in your mouth after you play in the sandbox, or you'll get the giant-ass worm. <laughs> That sounds like a like a kind of threat. Yeah. Well, didn't didn't your mother ever tell you not to put your hands in your mouth if you were playing in the sandbox because you'd get pinworms? No. Well, you probably have them then. I was never allowed in the sandbox. Oh, uh, well. Because I have very sensitive skin. We have a very insensitive sandbox. Uh, <laughs> it's so it's so rude to me. It just yeah. You know, I, I walk past it and it goes... And it, you walk just, past it and it gives you pinworms. Oh, another adjective for Ven- Venusian is Cytherian. And the, there are a race of aliens in Star Trek called Cytherians. Well, now you know where they came from. Venus. Yeah, no, they're, they're from the center of the galaxy. Maybe Venus is the... Maybe we're, we, we've misreckoned and Venus actually is. Yeah, if we misreckon that much, then I, maybe the world's flat. I mean... Our instruments are, are off by that much yeah. somehow. Do you know there are people who think that the Earth is like uh, expanding, like growing in size? Who thinks that? Neil Adams, who's a comic book writer, uh, thinks that the Earth is expanding and that explains gravity or something. Like there's no real gravity. It's just that the Earth is expanding and that's why you kind of feel it pushing you down because it's actually rising up. And some people think the Earth is flat. Like, really, the Flat Earth Society. And I think that, like, when you look out and you see, like, you know, the, 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 the ship coming over the horizon, it's like the bending of light by, by some force or something. Like, it's all a trick. And, like, the actual, the actual edge of the world is the North Pole and South Pole. 
no no the south pole you go south and that's actually like if you took the world and you kind of laid it out like a like a like with the north pole the center the south pole is actually like the edge some people just and and of course all the nasa photos are fakes it's ridiculous it was stanley kubrick uh, yeah, Stan- Stanley Kubrick took pic- every picture of space fake, fake the ever. Moon landing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean everything. Everything oh, right. that we know every about picture. space is really just a picture of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> he looks like space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all, and all I the bet pictures he does we think now. of Stanley Kubrick are just some guy who's like yeah. standing. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a, that's an imposter. Yeah. Well, those Hubble pictures, they're just like vanity photos of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Selfies, yeah. <laughs> him, him, him in front of the bathroom mirror, trying out his new pair of shorts. All right, look. <laughs> Man, I had, okay. Oh, this is uh, this is actually relevant, what you're talking about, the flat earth. No, earth nothing we're saying is relevant to no, anything. No, it's not. But listen. Earlier, I was writing um, The Joy of Sticks, a message about um, a particular game. I wanted him to see if he could uh, uh, have on his channel. And Would you want to tell us who Joy of Sticks is? The Joy of Sticks, if you don't know, is a great channel on YouTube. He does Atari ST games. Um, he collects and plays them and um and has a great channel it's it's one of the f- most fun uh gaming channels it's mostly dedicated to to st stuff but i think he's going to start doing or he's already started doing um a, a few other platforms too well the thing, but, i think uh, the thing is his channel is called the joy of sticks but he actually refers to himself as stickhead oh yes stickhead he's but, but stickhead. i feel weird calling him that because it sounds like i'm calling him a dickhead right yeah. and maybe that's what he wants yeah <laughs> yeah we should assume that for him yeah so this dickhead no so <laughs> stickhead. So this, this stickhead so i'm writing him a, a thing and i'm saying well if you can't do it maybe i'll if, don't worry about it maybe i'll just force jim to do it at gunpoint and then i and then i finished with it would have to be a really long gun and I got to thinking, it would also have to be a curved, curved. gun, yeah, and somehow uh, with a lubricated barrel to help the bullet not. I well, mean, yeah. how are you going to propel? I mean, you're talking about propelling a bullet that distance. Well, with there, the friction as the curve. See, the that's curvature. what that's what the Venusians what, gave what us. What you'd be better this, off doing is uh, no, they this gave is why us their they... propulsion technology in exchange for our cakes. Look, we can do this already. You've heard of intergal- intergalactic, intercontinental ballistic missiles, right? That's the way you do it. You use a missile, not a gun. No, a gun no. You don't have to nobody's, hold a gun to my head. Nobody fire it from a distance. Nobody's threatened by the 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 missile that there may or may not be somewhere. If you've got something, oh yeah, tell, next tell, that, to to, your tell face. that to London in the forties. <laughs> what I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying scared is, of the V two bang. If you've got oh, something, look, my house exploded next I'm to your face. Stiff up a lip and all that somebody's trying to tell you to do something it's a lot more effective at getting them to actually do that thing see this is this is how crazy americans are may for or guns. May not be you know i'm not scared of a missile but put a gun to my head and it's like i get a massive erection <laughs> what? i don't know what <laughs> i don't know why are americans so crazy for guns like you have vending machines with just like press f2 get me in, get me an uzi you know I I've never gotten into. I don't think I've ever even shot a real gun. Well, you've held a gun to someone's head. I saw it. Yes, I did do that um, in in the shitty quest trailer. Yeah, that was the cover. You just um, I saw how nervous that guy was. But it was not my gun. It was not my head. It wasn't my gun, Governor. I swear. And. uh uh, uh, someone was holding a gun to me head to force me to hold a gun to his head. It was really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so you're Carrie Fisher. No, I'm not fucking Carrie Fisher. What are you talking about? Wait, let me put this gun up to your my my no, head. Wait, no, wait. Uh, you Americans, just 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 fuck <laughs> I've off. I've got a massive erection. No. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can I see don't know that. if it's, it's for Carrie it's, Fisher. It's, it's mesmerizing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I can't quite look away from it. <laughs> and scene. Oh, no. Well, the whole point about the Joy of Sticks story was just that you'd have to have a gun that's... Right. That's bent. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to... <laughs> You'd have to bend a gun in my direction. Yeah. Bend a gun in my direction. That was a that was a hit in the seventies, wasn't it? You'd be better it? off with a knife, like a like a really long sword. Yes, you would, be, because you could put it down and it would just rest against the world. Whereas with Well yeah, a, except for the except for the uh the ocean, you know. Well, no, like all because these, all the, these boats the, going across being sliced. I'm into. thinking like a scimitar, where the the tip of the other side is is touching England. So why, that, why isn't it scimitar? I think scimitar was already taken. What is it? Yeah, like a, it's a scimitar is a robot that only drinks milk that doesn't have any fat in it. <laughs> I am Skimitar. <laughs> I only drink skimmed milk. The most worthless robot. And he's huge too. He's giant. It's like it's like one of those robots that they've created to uh to protect Japan, you know, from the monsters that come out of the sea. Oh yeah. Pacific Rim. <laughs> it's like, well, there's Mothra. Go get it. Give me some milk first. <laughs> I will destroy this thing if you give me some milk. He doesn't even have it. There's no promise of destroying anything. It's just, <laughs> it's, just it's, a, it's an empty it's an empty promise. It just you give him the milk and he just goes, mmm, skimmed milk. Even Mothra's like, oh god, it's the milk guy. God, I'm look. I'll see you guys later. I just, I just hope he doesn't see me. Well, see, it works. Yeah, I guess it does. Uh, <laughs> but they're never gonna have any more milk. In Japan. Do they have milk in Japan? Yeah. How do you know? You've been there? Um, no, but I I, I read about... I, I subscribe you read to, about milk in Japan? I, yeah, I subscribe to <laughs> Japanese Milk Monthly. <laughs> you see, I'm sure there is a magazine called that, and I'm sure it's not what you're thinking. It's a magazine that features just different... <laughs> different robots that, that will only drink <laughs> different kinds of milk, like... There's a two percent giant robot, and, like, and a goat's milk guy. Yeah, there's a goat's milk robot. See now, why is it? Why is the uh, selection of animals from which we take milk so limited? Like we get meat from more animals than we get milk. Like nobody, nobody drinks pig milk, or you know, or or duck milk. I know there's no duck milk. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> But what about platypus milk? Couldn't there be platypus milk? I, I, I don't know. Do they lactate? I mean, they're mammals. Well, yeah. I think the only non-mammal thing they do is lay eggs. They have a beak. And, and have a beak, yeah. It's not really a beak, though. It's not hard. It's like an electromagnetic sensor in, in, in the water that sort of detects things. It's, not, it's, it's squishy. It's squishy, really? Yeah. It just happens to be very beak-shaped. It just lo- yeah. I think it's squishy. Did you know when that when that was first presented to like English gentlemen, they thought it was like a, a, a sewed together joke animal. They didn't, like know, they didn't believe the, it was real. Some of the show, sewed, sewn together joke animals that we actually have that yeah, like that, um, chimeras. What's um, his name? Did um, Barnum? P. T. Barnum. There you go. There's a sucker born every minute. Who's who himself was a sewn together. Um, whatever. Uh, anyway, right. um, wow! I didn't know that the that the bill was was squishy. That's interesting. I think it is, but it, it's it's not like the same kind of material as a duck's bill. You know, I mean, why would it be? Right. It's not the same lineage. Although you can have uh, atavisms. I think they're called like um, chickens. Still have the genes for teeth, which is why you can have a mutated chicken that actually grows teeth out of its beak, but you can't ever have like a rat with a beak. Because at no point in its ancestry did a rat's ancestor have a beak, but at some point in a chicken's ancestry, it did have teeth. Same thing with humans and tails. Some some humans are born with tails. You know, not good tails. They're all like little useless, wobbly bits of flesh. But if I had a prehensile tail, that would be cool. Maybe we can work our way back to that by needing one to survive. (laughs) 
Nah, it doesn't work that way. You'd have to you'd have to start killing people for not having tails. No, like just create a need for to to be able to grab stuff that's behind you. No, but it has to it has to affect the likelihood of uh, survival and reproduction for evolution to work on it. You're better off just genetically engineering it. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna put some really cool shit that that's like like some medicine that everybody needs. Put put it behind them. Put it behind them. And then, come on, dude. You can't. You can't. grab it. Is that Carrie Fisher behind me? <laughs> yeah, right. Just take Carrie Fisher around. Carrie Fisher's gonna find this this and be like, "What the fuck are these people talking about?" I think the last time, the last thing she I saw her in was an episode of Thirty Rock. I didn't even know what that is. Is it like a show about like there's twenty nine rocks and they have to like find the last one or something? No, nah, like, Thirty Rock is uh, that would be a a good show though. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Uh, it'd be great. It's, it's again with the mustache shit. It's like this would be a great show. Just no, no, no. Thir- that that idea. We're going to NBC and we're pitching that. And it's. I bet they have that show on Venus. Yeah, thirty melted rocks. There's there's solids on Venus. What like milk solids? Yeah, for that robot, so that when. <laughs> No, that's why it goes to Venus for the milk. Look, let's talk about. And it ends up really disappointed. You, you told me there would be milk. It's fucking hot. I'm getting thirsty here. Where is the milk? Burning alive in Venus. And why did they program me to feel pain? Why did they program me to come to Venus for milk? <laughs> this venereal milk is disgusting. <laughs> It tastes like anus. <laughs> Why did they program me to know the taste of anus? <laughs> Let's talk about gas giants. All right. Okay. They're big. They're gaseous. All right. And and that's our section on gas giants. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No, you have to have no. something to say about it. Okay. Now. If you fly into a gas giant, okay. You suffocate. You're in some sort of craft that the okay. Venusians made, and they've made this. Right. You know, okay, a spaceship, a spaceship flying into Jupiter, or something. Right. Do you come out the other end? No, if you go straight through the middle, no. Because the pressures would just destroy your ship. Okay, this ship and the radiation, and the electromagnetic disturbances. You've got. So you're outfitted with all. You're not a human, first of all. You're not okay. from... Your technology is beyond... You ain't from around here. Right. So you can deal... You can just... You can deal with those things. Well, so what you're saying is, if you can survive a thing, can you survive a thing? No, is no. I guess what my point is, because the pressures are so intense at some point... Well, it could also be a surface, solid core. Huh? There could also be a solid core. That's what I'm getting at. That's my question. we don't question. know. We don't know. Because it's just... You can't see and you can't measure it, you know. It's not like you could do any kind of sonar or anything. Even if you got in there, it probably it's too turbulent to really measure what's going on down there. No, 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 no like light or anything can penetrate that deep through all that gas. But you could probably figure it out by gravitational d- detecting. Um, you know, so th- I think there's some idea that there's like a rocky core at the bottom there. And you'd think you'd think it there would have to be because, you know, um, Jupiter, like everything else, condensed out of the, the the big swirling cloud of dust and rocks that was the solar system. Jupiter is going to attract it during its formation. It's going to attract a lot of heavy rocky elements, so they're going to get pulled into it and they're going to go to the center and they're going to collapse into some kind of sphere. So you'd think there would be some amount of solid material down there. It's just a matter of how much. Because comets and asteroids and things hit that hit that all the time, you know, like Shoemaker Levy nine in the nineties. What happens to that matter? I mean, that matter has been disintegrated, not far yeah, into I mean, its be, journey. It, it could be even even if it's atomized, it's just going to filter down to the bottom and then accumulate. You know, 
But the thing is, I don't know what matter would behave like at that kind of pressure. It could be like liquidized, you know. Um, I've I've heard that under certain under a certain amount of pressure, you can get metallic hydrogen, which is like uh, the, the the hydrogen is just pushed together so densely that it behaves like a metal, you know, with with electrons. The thing that makes a metal a metal is that electrons will move freely between the uh, between the atoms in uh, in the metal. So that's why it makes such a good conductor. But in metallic hydrogen, you've got the same kind of arrangement of electrons. This is my understanding of it. It could be wrong. Write in and tell me how bad I am at physics. Do you think we could ever send anything that could withstand everything it has to withstand and somehow get some readings, you know, within our lifetime, say? Definitely not. I mean, it's just you'd need some kind of no matter. No matter is going to survive that kind of pressure. You know, you're going to need some kind of an electromagnetic, supercharged, amazing field of energy or something. Because there's just, there's just no overcoming physics. You know, there's a certain point at which materials are just not going to survive a certain amount of force. You know, it's going to be hard enough to get to Europa and drill down through the ice there. Because Europa is basically an ice world, but the tidal forces from Jupiter... The gravity basically is like pulling it about inside. Like if you take a paper clip and you bend it back and forth, it gets hot along the bend uh, because of the friction. And that's basically what's happening to the inside of Europa and all the planets, which is why Io is more volcanic than it's, you know, it's basically a huge volcano planet. The Venusians have been be at home there, apparently, because they like volcanoes. Yeah, um, they love it. They love getting in a hammock. Just, and and just, milk. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we it, there's like a mile of ice over Europa, but underneath there's liquid water, so there could be an ocean, but it would be uh, there'd be no, there's no light down there because it's you know a mile of ice, so there could be like weird alien fish creatures that have no eyes, and sort of get around by sonar. So of course our idea is to go there, drill down through the ice, contaminate them with our bacteria, and completely destroy their ecosystem. Just like that thing I was telling you about that I saw on PBS. Except feasible. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, drilling through drilling through a mile of ice is its own kind of problem, and it's so far out. The thing is, you could never survive in uh, like people like like to imagine. Oh, you could have like a colony on this uh, on one of the moons of Jupiter. But the thing is, the radiation from Jupiter would just kill you you know it's just you'd need so much shielding you could never even see jupiter if you had a window the radiation would just come in and melt you you know what jupiter the, the europa needs to get itself some of those van allen belts right i don't know if i'm uh, wearing one right now <laughs> i don't know if uh the um i suppose it would have a magnetic field because it's probably got a molten core i don't know well, I, I, a lot of what I learn is from, like, hard science fiction. Like, uh, the novels of Stephen Baxter are very... They're kind of a lot like Arthur C. Clarke's stuff, and they actually did a few novels together. And I like those because when you're constrained by science and fact, you can actually make more interesting stories. Like, the interesting parts of stuff like Star Trek are not the, you know... Duinetic fields and nadion emissions and and subspace vacuoles. It's the it's the real stuff. It's like uh, relativity and uh, wormholes and black holes and things like that. And when they get boring, is when they do it wrong. When they make it weird and science fictiony. What's for dinner at Guinan's synthetic bar that she run? What's for dinner? That's real. Venereal cake. Yeah, with milk. <laughs> See, that's Olay. It's like what, why do the what do the matadors say with milk in French? Uh, because they're they're trying to get that bull to recognize that all they really want is a cup of coffee, and mm. hopefully he'll leave them alone. And that's that's why this robot is always watching these bullfights and being disappointed. Yeah, he's just at the back of the stadium. <laughs> he said, "Olay again." <laughs> why did they program me to know French? <laughs> Somebody programmed that robot to wonder why <laughs> it was, he was programmed so shittily. <laughs> I haven't got time to program this thing well, so I'm just going to program it to be to be indignant at how badly I programmed it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we're going to be um 
destroyed by our robot overlords in this century? Or, or, no, because we're going to send them to Europa to do all the mining because we can't do it. We'd be destroyed by the radiation. We don't have to send them all to Europa. We could make some that stay here. The first robot that we send is going to get lonely. You know, I think the Japanese are working on some... I, you got to appreciate the Japanese in that they... They're really just doing this because it's cool. You know, like they think it's pretty kick-ass to have robots. Like, because that Honda robot that just... Hey, look everybody, it's me, the Honda robot. I can mm. dance in a... It's that's not really doing anybody any good on a yeah, practical but, yeah, level. But, yeah, but who who sent a robot to Mars? Japanese didn't do that. No, but that's more that's more of a roving vehicle that has robotics on it. You know? Hey, did, do you know how that thing landed? Robot dancing? No, no. It had like retro rockets as it fell to the it, like it it dropped off its like unit thing at the top and like it, it had like controlling rockets slowing its descent as it landed it was amazing i watched it land alive and it was really tense you know and you know the thing that the thing that was most people were most interested in was the olympics i think that was at the same time robot lands on mars should have been the top story but no it was like some guy ran around in a circle really really fast yeah, and I I was watching the uh, there was a Google Hangout or something back when right Google yeah, Hangouts yeah, were I just yeah I linked that to you didn't I yeah and a bunch of astronomers talking about it and stuff and then I had to go do something like yeah I was I was hanging with it forever and then I had to go do something and, and that mm. that was when it landed well you should have known because it was actually like you know they had an ETA it wasn't just like oh this is gonna land sometime yeah but this <laughs> thing that I was had to do was like. You know, it had an ETA as well, so I couldn't. It's a not. good thing you're not in charge of Mars landings. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you guys. I just, <laughs> I gotta go pick up my laundry. <laughs> the winner and first person to guess correctly the song from our first episode, which was the theme from Cannon Fodder. The winner is Rasmus Forsberg. Hooray! The second person to guess correctly. Yet not the winner, yet someone who still deserves congratulations is... Tom Slater. And someone who also guessed correctly, but took his own sweet time writing in to tell us. Because actually, I think he didn't listen until the next day. Yet he still deserves a mention is... Jeroen Verplanker. And the loser, who guessed incorrectly the game from Video Games Mouth Sounds Whatever, yet who still deserves a mention because he's probably a really nice guy, and we want him to keep trying, is... Mitch Crane? So, various degrees of hooray and boo to you all. Rasmus Forsberg. Rasmus Forsberg. That's my attempt at properly pronouncing our winner's name, and it's probably wrong. <laughs>